FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast of Ghost Nick. I'm your host, Jason Wolverino, minimal. And for all you longtime fans, a very pleasant surprise, the triumphant return of Cameron, small little club Sinclair. <laughs> what's up, everybody? Hey, and if you hear that voice, you know it's a flashback episode. Flashback. And we're going to cover X-Men 23 and 24, Summer of Love, 1993. Very nice. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I thought you were going to break into the Grease song for a second there. <laughs> Some I love. should have. I really missed an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while, but Cameron's back. Hey, man. I am back. What's happening? It's good yeah. to be back. It is. Good to have you back. I fell good off be. the earth. With everybody else, I fell off the earth. Right. <laughs> I, lost, I lost a year. Right. Well, you know, and there, there are different different things going on, but I think a revived interest in comics has been on your plate, so that's suitable. Yeah, I discovered how cheap Marvel Unlimited is, which I <laughs> would have never would have never thought that it was as cheap as it is. And I, when once I realized that, I was like, why have I not done this all along? And so, right. Yeah. I've been procrastinating everything I need to do the last several. <laughs> last couple of months by by reading tons of comics there you go no better procrastination exactly (laughs) awesome well yeah so man i guess quick catch up we haven't been on the x-men book itself for well actually uh, we did an episode with georgie not too long ago um that kind of helped explain the status quo at this time for the uh, two Psylocks. And then Cyclops is having some family drama up in Alaska. And um, one thing you want to note, if you haven't listened to the episode yet, um, when John Wilson, uh, the last episode we did on the Wolverine solo book was him, Rogue and Jubilee, going to the Savage Land to investigate whether Magneto might be alive or not. And that'll play into one of these conversations as well. So... I think that's probably enough wrap-up <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to catch us up. Um, it's kind of a lot that happens in these comics, so we can always... Yes, yeah, I'm sure we'll get off stuff as we go. Right, right. All right, well, um, X-Men number 23, Comes the Time of Testing, is um, by Fabian Nicieza and Andy Kubert on writing and art, respectively. Uh, Mark Pennington does the inks. Bill Oakley does the letters, Joe Rosas does the colors, and then uh, Bob Harris and Tom DeFalco are the editors slash leaning tower of pizza. Boom. <laughs> it's always funny when people say leaning tower of pizza. <laughs> it's a classic joke. A yes. Joke. Yeah. I always want to have some like vaudeville music or something, you know, like. <laughs> Tom DeFalco dancing across the stage with a cane in the top hat or something. But, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, Leaning Towards Oneself, I guess it's the actual name of the title, Comes the Time of Testing is on the cover, which is by Hubert and Pennington. And this cover has Cyclops being mauled by the Dark Riders, firing an optic blast into the air across the logo. Uh, what do you think of this cover, Cameron? 
Well, I don't care a lot for the writers myself, um, but I do like I like the Cyclops part of it. It's it's kind of a cool pile drive. Cyclops getting torn up. We got the I beam going on. It's a little hard to tell what's going on, just because I think there's so many things happening in this this particular cover. But it's a nice cover. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. It definitely I shows my, the uh, the torment Cyclops is in. Yeah. Although I'll say my biggest beef with the cover is that the the Dark Riders attacking Cyclops is probably the least interesting thing that happens in this comic. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that this is the cover. Right. And also they don't really fight Cyclops much in this because <laughs> as we'll see, Sinister pretty much beats him down pretty quick. It's yeah. not a <clears throat> anyway, that's a, I yeah. guess a, a uh, you know, get excited about it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely a minor part of the comic, but um, but yeah, still apologies, fun. apologies to the big dark rider fans. But. Right. All right. Cool. Well, um, basically in this one, uh, Sinister reveals the origins of the legacy virus to Cyclops in Alaska. He also lets slip a new Summers brother. Uh oh. Um, then the Dark Riders show up. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, Psylocke stuff is still money. Back at the X-Mansion, Wolverine reports back to Xavier about what they found out about Magneto in the Savage Land, which is not much. Um, then back in Alaska, uh, Sinister whips the Dark Riders, says he'll consider helping them, but Cyclops must be preserved. Or, sorry, his life must be preserved. But, in the classic twist... They can't beat the hell out of him as long as he doesn't die. <laughs> and then he skadooshes away, just disappears. Um, so then back in Japan, getting info from Lord Nyron, uh, Gambit and Beast go after Shinobi Shaw, while Psylocke and Revanch go after Matsuo. Um, they respectively tell Shinobi that they're on to the upstarts, which has been the, another story running through the background of the X-Books, mostly in Uncanny at this point. And then they interrogate Matsuo to find out his involvement of, of the Psylocke revenge story. Then uh, back in Alaska, one more time, the Dark Riders give Cyclops a passing grade and then tease him about the War of High Lord Ascension. Ooh. Yeah, so mystery started. Actually, we've had <laughs> so we've had uh, the High Lord stuff with Cannonball in um, X Force, and a little bit in the the crossover, and then of course Cable has been all about you know helping Sam ascend. So we and Nisiaza writes Cable and X Force at this point. So I think he's kind of crossing his. His streams a little bit there. Um, and I don't remember how that all ties out because I, I don't remember what all the externals end up doing. Um, and I know Cannonball eventually becomes one of the twelve, so I and that also kind of fades into the ether at some point, <laughs> kind of un, in part of your unresolved '90s X-Men storylines. But um, but yeah, um, I really because like doesn't Gambit also become. Or is he already an external at this point? I don't think he becomes an external. He might. I feel like I heard that somewhere. I don't remember. But none, none of them are when we get to the uh, 
the X of Swords, Ten of Swords thing where they right. have the extra again. So I don't, I don't remember how they resolved that. I don't know. Oh, well, so Gambit had a book called Gambit and the Externals as part of the Age of Apocalypse. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe. So maybe that. Let's see. I, mean, I just says he has past involvement. So I don't know. Uh, I'll have to wait until we get there and reread all that. But um, that'll be a gambit scumbo for you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So, what do you think of that first page? Um, it's you talking about the the spread page, right, or the cyclops page? Uh, the cyclops page. I like that quite a bit. I always like the cyclops taking his glasses off and blasting. Yeah, find that as as a fun move. I like the little space they put of the two beams converging into one. I always think that's a neat trick, visually. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. But, uh, it's yeah. always nice, because when it's goggles, of course, it's always just one. So Right. It's always fun to see the two eyes. Yeah, that was fun. I like the, the tendrils of the sinister cape kind of coming towards him. It's actually probably mm-hmm. one of the strongest panels of the book, I thought. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then we get some more malleable Sinister on the next page where the said optic blast Sinister just kind of it goes through his <laughs> middle section and he just kind of reshapes himself. Yeah. Um, we had that in Extinction Agenda where they shot him in the head and he had like the big gaping head wound. Um, that may have been right after Extinction Agenda. I can't remember. But um, Anyway, it's fine. I don't think that power set really gets used much anymore, but it was something definitely they did interesting visually back in the day. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. So what do you think of the... Um, were you newly shocked or remember the shock of the, the Summers Brothers reveal? <laughs> I was trying to remember if... Because uh, I, I don't remember... I don't know a lot about uh, Gabriel Summers... And so I don't have any idea when he actually was introduced. And so I was wondering. Way later. And That's what not, I was thinking. Yeah. And he was not the original intention. Um, okay. So he was picked up like like way, way later. <laughs> um, yeah. The original intention was a character that Fabian is about to introduce, uh, Adam Extreme. Uh, okay. And uh, so actually. He's hinting at that, not not at the, who eventually does become the Silver Brother. Yes. In fact, um, if you, and I know we're a spoiler podcast anyway, but extra spoilers, um, if you read the recent uh, launch of X-Men Legends, Fabian goes back and tells the story the way he wanted to. Um, and picks it up there and kind of explains how Adam X is the fourth Summer's brother. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's four now um and who knows maybe there's more running around <laughs> but, um, i mean you gotta figure corsair's probably been busy all these years out in space so right probably right. some some part alien brothers out there too yeah yeah probably so well one of some other things that jumped out to you in the early part of the issue <clears throat> i thought one of the things i thought was really interesting is kind of um, Sinister's the way he approaches this as if he is 
not a good guy exactly, but kind of on the good side. And it it made me it just made me think, of course, the more the more recent stuff with him on Krakoa, and just kind of thinking about this early because uh, I my memory of Sinister is always as just straight villain, and and usually kind of super evil, crazy villain. Right. And so I thought it was kind of interesting here where he's trying to protect Summers and he's, you know, I mean, of course, we'll, as we'll see, there's always all kinds of things, all kinds of machinations going on right. with uh, with Sinister. But <clears throat> but just kind of his position here that he wants to protect, although he doesn't say protect mutant kind, but that's kind of what he's suggesting, right, with the wanting right. to help with the virus. and So I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting. Yeah, it kind of talks about how you... Un, unwittingly unleashed it um, through the genetic stuff he got from Strife. Um, and it's definitely interesting too. Uh, one of the things I'm, I was going to mention is that um, you know at this point the the indication is everyone still kind of believes that Strife is the original and Cable the clone, and of course that will eventually yeah um, get. Fixed or retcon or whatever you want to call it, but um, I googled it and it's two months later when they reveal that <laughs> cable because this is September '93, yeah, and then cable is uh December '93 when they reveal that he's actual baby Nathan. Uh, okay, I nice. don't know if that's when they reveal that that Stripe is a clone or, or all that, but right, I didn't read the combo, although I guess I should, I could go ahead and look at yeah. We'll be there pretty soon. But anyway, it but sounds like Scott's pretty upset about it, and so. Uh, but it's it's interesting that we're right in the middle of that, especially for as long as I didn't I didn't remember that it was so long between when Cable was introduced that we find out he's Scott's son, right? Because Cable's been around since like eighty six or something, eighty seven, mm-hmm. or sometime in the late eighties. Yeah, it was right for. Oh gosh, is it eighty nine? Yeah, I looked it up. January eighty six. Oh, okay. Wow. An uncanny X Men two oh one. Oh no, that's that's when Oh no, that's what yeah, I'm sorry, that's when the baby took. Yeah, I think K Watcher shows up in eighty nine. Yeah, that sounds more right. Eighty six seemed too early. Yeah. Eighty nine, maybe ninety even, but somewhere around there. Yeah, I just copied that out of Wikipedia. That's my that's a mistake I made. <laughs> but either way, right? In fact, regardless, the fact that he's been around for four years in that case, and you are just now getting around to revealing who he was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, everything Sinister does is is selfish. So right. he has his own reason for wanting to preserve the Summers line. And you don't get this. You don't get the feeling that he knows, even that Strife would be a Summers, quote unquote. I mean, he just knows yeah. that Strife gave him some material. I don't think he really acts like he knows like how he got it. Um, but and it's interesting because you know we'll see in the next issue when we get there. You know what Cyclops does with this information because. Sinister definitely knows more about the virus than anybody else who's known to be alive. Because at this point, Strife is presumed dead. So, Sinister is kind of the expert on the virus right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Gambit has a fun scene. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot to do in this one. 
Um, just kind of stands around with his cards glowing like he's going to throw them. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot he was even in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of standing there to the side. Wolverine comes back and says, you know, we didn't find Magneto, but it, it feels like he was there. And Professor X kind of shoots down his lack of evidence, but then admits he just doesn't want to believe Magneto is back. So, but yeah, that's that's all Wolverine does in this issue. Very short, <laughs> yeah, appearance. Um, Smokes a stogie. Yep. Then he he storms off with red eyes. I did really like the the way the way he <clears throat> when um. I think it's Jubilee who's or Rogue maybe who's asking, you know, what oh it's Jubilee. What do we you know, what are we gonna do if, if Magneto comes back because they're talking about how powerful he is and how they can't beat him. And I like how Wolverine says, Well, we we both fight for what we believe in and like always we fight to the death. Yeah. But like that idea of characterizing, you know, that we both believe in something, right? These are deep beliefs and we're fighting them. Of course, no, it's never to the death because nobody dies, but <laughs> Yeah, and then Wolverine comes out of the, in this next fight pretty bad. So, yeah, we'll see. I I thought it was weird though, because because he you know kind of just says you know you know we'll do what we always do jubilation, and he does what he always does. And in the line you talked about fighting the death, and Jubilee's like, are you so tough? Even Wolvie's worried. I don't know if he really <laughs> sounded worried per se. He was just like, oh, we're gonna fight. Someone's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. The, but I think maybe maybe the idea that he was storming off and brooding—that's yeah. his version of being worried because he's not just standing there cracking jokes. Or true, he doesn't have a cigar anymore, so he means that's business. Yeah. So um, I do like the sinister could actually fight because we don't see him like physically fight a lot. So it's fun to see him kind of kick the Dark Riders' butts a little bit. Yeah, I like that. The Dark Riders, I, I think this, it it was a weird um, addition to all of this because they kind of just pop up and are, I feel like they're having a different conversation than what everyone else is doing. <laughs> There's this big thing developing with the legacy virus. We're talking about possibly the return to Magneto, of, uh, the return of Magneto. And then these guys are like, we got to gotta prove your worthiness. And Sinister and, and Scott are both just like, what? <laughs> right. right yeah yeah I mean they're definitely carrying on the uh the mission of apocalypse for sure and then of course they attack shinobi shaw and the bathtub gambit and beast do classic 90s hot tub party yeah right yeah that they... i had a lot of hot tub parties in the 90s but presumably <laughs> there was a bunch of cool kids having hot tub parties right yeah that seems to be the thing um <laughs> yeah, so uh, they they basically just tell Shinobi that hey, we know who the upstarts are, and just let the upstarts know that we're we're on to you. That's kind of the whole whole scene. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a kind of a heavy real estate. Three, basically three pages or two pages, I guess. Of uh, we're we're watching you, right. Kind of feels like somebody's watching me. Anyway, um, so Matt Sumo has always had a little bit of Wolverine haircut, but 
Hubert Matsuno <laughs> actually just looks like Wolverine. I had forgotten that, and so it took me a good couple of minutes to realize that that wasn't Wolverine. And I was right. like, what's he doing? Why is this happening? And I was quite confused. Yeah, he looks like just Wolverine in a ninja suit, which he does sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, with I, the yellow, like, patches, or not patches, but, like, pockets and stuff like that, I, it looked, it looks kind of like the 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 uniform he wears with Maverick and, and Creed back in the day. Oh, so I, and that made like me think of that. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is a weird twist. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, Do we go back, like, to the danger room? What's going on? Yeah. Um, strange. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, Matsuno is supposed to be pretty formidable, so I love that uh, Psylocke and Revanch are able to kind of stick it to him. Yeah, and you know their their story so far is clear as mud. So <laughs> yeah, it's a messy story. Yep, two bodies, four brains, according to Wolverine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a kick out of that. Uh, so something I don't know if I've ever actually seen before. Um, before this, I mean, I think we'll we'll see a version similar to this afterwards. But in that next double page spread, where Cyclops is f- fighting briefly the Dark Riders, there's a scene where he winks and shoots some blast out of one eye. Which is pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. I like really enjoyed that. Cool. Now there'll be there'll be a story like, where he has like a like one of his eyes is injured, so it'll be patched. And he'll shoot out of one eye, but this is the only time I remember, and that's way later. This is the only time I remember that he actually like controls the blast out of one eye. Yeah. Um, it's, that was kind of cool, kind of a cool use of the power. I don't yeah. think he actually does anything with it. It was like he's just looking at the ground. But <laughs> yeah, it's not clear that it was there was any uh, usefulness in it, but yeah. but it looked cool. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to think that he's got a uh, a Ruby Quartz monocle. Oh, nice! So he can put in one eye and shoot out of the other. Right. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, but then the Dark Riders take off, and you know they give their cryptic warning, and that's it. I really like that Scott essentially just scolds them for being stupid, and then they run away. (laughs) Yeah. Because the little head, the head shows up, the hard drive. So yeah, they're fine. They're worthy. Scott says, that's it? We fight for 15 minutes and you say it's all over? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Well, any other comments on this one? No, it was, it's kind of a lot of things going on and a lot of kind of deep stories. Um, I don't, I've never read this one before. I was trying to remember when you first mentioned this one, was this, was this before or after I, when I, uh, quit reading in the, I guess in college, whenever, whenever the first gap after high school that I stopped. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I didn't read any legacy virus stuff as it came out. Some of it I went back and read as I, you know, later on, but right. But I, and I don't think I, I don't remember reading this because I don't think I've ever read these early beginnings of the legacy virus issues. Although the cover looked familiar to me, but and the yeah. next cover is very familiar. But I guess I've just seen it. Yeah, I remember when I dropped off the first time it was a little bit after the wedding, so I still have a few more, few more issues. Uh, well, I, 
I I read through the wedding too, so I guess I did. So maybe I did read these. Yeah, but I know I didn't. I didn't go into the the uh, the thick of the legacy virus st- storyline. So maybe I maybe uh, I did read these, but yeah. I didn't know what it was talking about because it's not <laughs> developed quite yet. Right. Yeah. No, maybe so. I mean, definitely becomes a pretty big deal, and then you know, it's funny because. It gets resolved right after we started buying again when the right right around the time then the movie started coming out. Yeah, because that that first the death of Colossus is how they eventually resolve this, mm-hmm. and that was right before Morrison came on. So yeah, yeah, uh, we had already started reading again, just barely. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, Someone had psyched us out, I think it may have been Devon, actually, um, about the new kind of direction. And then it wasn't out yet at the bookstores when we went to get it, and we picked up the first issues right before that. <laughs> yeah. So, I remember the really cool cover of uh, Cyclops turning his head, like, on, like a big Cyclops head turning with mm-hmm. a blast, kind of making a circular motion. Was one of the ones right before that as well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, interesting. Anyway, all right, cool. What do you think of the art yeah. number twenty-three? Um, it's pretty good. It, it's I kind of better than twenty-four, um, but um, I, I don't. It's I really like Andy Kubert, but I don't love this as much. I don't yeah. know how much of it is. You know, some of this is I'm reading these digitized versions of these old ones, and so I don't know. I'm not sure how much is lost, but there's quite a few faces and quite a few just weird moments that uh, that caught me off guard only because I was like, oh, Andy Kubert, I really like Andy Kubert. And then I was like, oh, right. I do this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I did this. Yeah, I did. I yeah. still do. I think I don't think yeah. he's a perfect artist, but I mean it's it's definitely nineties X Men feeling. Yeah, like, it has true. that it's, that feeling. It's far from bad, but yeah, I think you said his the faces are samey. I think that's a big part of it. Like you just have yeah. a lot of particularly smiles that kind of look almost right. identical. Yeah, on a lot of people's faces. Okay, especially well. like the. Uh, the the uh, revanche and Psylocke like they have the same face. So oh, that's yeah. <laughs> right. They're so supposed to be one. different bodies. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. What do you want to grade number twenty three out of six claws? Um, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go four. Okay. It's it's kind of pushing five because there's a lot going on, but. Um, but I think it's it's a lot of setup, obviously. Yeah. A bunch of different scenes of setup. And so I think overall, I'll land on a four with it. Okay. Yeah, me too. I'm four out of six claws as well. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to take us to 24 uh, between hope and sorrow. And one, well, we have a different colorist with Paul Beckton. And you mentioned the art. Feeling different to you. I think a big difference is Kubert does all the art, so Pennington is not doing the inks on this one. So Kubert's yeah. inking himself, which I think definitely impacts the style a little bit. And we'll talk about that as we go through it or at the end, maybe. 
But um, yeah. but the cover is by Kubert and Andy Ryan. It's a classic, iconic cover of Gambit and Rogue about to smooch. What do you think of this one? It's a great cover. <clears throat> it's yeah. a classic, iconic cover. Definitely. Yep, I yeah. like it quite a bit. It's nice. Good, uh, yeah, not not much going on, but it's just you know, yeah, it's a great, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a right. great uh, couple kissing cover, or almost kissing, right? Which of course at this time is like, are they gonna kiss? That's the big right. question. Right, it is, it is. So, um, what happens in this one? All right, so well, <clears throat> this one we it at first it feels like it's a complete jump from the last one, but ultimately they're gonna tie a lot in, but. We open with um, Gambit and uh, Rogue. Oh, do you have any Gambit Scumbo theme music that we need to add since we're uh, no, he's in this no. one more? <laughs> but he is more, yeah. This is more. I mean, Wolverine does have an appearance, but this is definitely probably more Gambit. Okay, so crossover episode between Snitch and yeah. Gambit Scumbo. <laughs> right. And there's actually uh, Gumbo in this issue as well. Just and that's true, there is actual <laughs> Gumbo. Um, so yeah, so we open up with Gambit and Rogue having dinner in Manhattan, but at a Cajun restaurant, um, <clears throat> where they're talking about the recent death of Ileana Rasputin, uh, from the virus that of course they're talking about in the last issue as well, what becomes known as the legacy virus. Um, they're, you know, more nineties Rogue and Gambit discuss the relationship D- DTR, right? Mm-hmm. The um, <laughs> I have not heard that in a long time. <laughs> you can't still say that? Is that still a thing? No idea. I have no okay. idea. I hope not, because it's pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, it feels very Friends era. Although Friends is yeah. back with the, the younger generation, that's, so maybe they that's do. That's true. Maybe they will. <clears throat> and the baggy pants. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, they're talking about the relationship. Gambit makes a comment about. Uh, why no one still knows Rogue's real name. Um, she asks him why he can't tell her how he feels. He says, why won't you let me show you how you feel? She says, why you want to talk about your wife? <laughs> and they just stare, <laughs> at other, stare at each other for a minute until Rogue spits out some gumbo. Because it yeah. was terrible. Which I got a kick out of that. Yeah, uh, then we jump. New York. They're not in gumbo in New York. Come on. I mean, obviously. It's right. How's it? it, it I can't imagine it's going to be that great. Um. Like trying to get barbecue in New York is, you know, <laughs> you get what you get. Right. Um, anyway, so now we jump. So we cut to the X Mansion where Moira McTaggart, McTaggart is arriving uh, with. Uh, no, Banshee. she's there. She's there. Um, but Banshee is coming home. Oh, okay. Oh, it looks like she has a luggage in this, but it, she doesn't now that I look at it closer. But when I first saw that, I thought she had a luggage. Um, oh, so she's yeah. there. I think it's the, in the end of the staircase there. Right yeah. She's holding the whole banister up. <laughs> so Banshee's arrived. He's got a really bad sunburn because apparently he looked for her in the Canary Islands. And as he hit, says, his Irish skin wasn't made for hanging out on the beach. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, then we, we jump to into the X Mansion where Charles Xavier and Beast are talking about Eliana and the virus. Uh, Beast talks about how kind of um, Beast is being a little bit um, <clears throat> take trying to take the blame a little bit of himself for not finding the answer, not catching this sooner. Talks about how he believes, based on what he's recently discovered in DNA, that it, it may begin to spread rapidly 
I warns Professor X of that. They're worried about that. Then we jump to the airport where Scott and Jean have returned from about three weeks of, according to this, trying to find themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decide they're going to have a big, long, serious discussion about their relationship, more DTR. Yeah. <laughs> in the uh, in the car, which makes me wonder what have they been doing the last three weeks if they haven't been having this well, conversation. But, well, she was she stayed home, so Cyclops oh, went to Alaska. I keep getting confused about who is yeah. where. That's why yeah, Scott, right. Scott that's was right. with. Uh, that's that was a big mistake because obviously he was with Sinister in the last issue. Yeah. Um, yes. So that never mind. It does make sense. Scott has arrived, so now they're going to have a big long conversation in the car. That makes that scene make a lot more sense than I. It was. <laughs> so they're going to have a big long conversation in the car about what they're what they're going to do. We get an actual kissing scene here instead of the almost kissing we got with Gambit and uh, and Rogue. <clears throat> Scott apologizes. Jean apologizes. Together forever is what they are going to face it all together. Right. Um, then we go to the outside of the X-Mansion where we get Psylocke and Revanche practicing, um, fighting each other, and, you know, kind of practice fighting, discovering that they are equally matched, and then talking about all the confusion of that messy, <laughs> uh, that messy situation. Yeah, and then you have a Wolverine who looks basically naked, except for a what I guess is supposed to probably be a flannel, but it looks like a kilt. Just yes, of, like, I had the same thought. Yeah, yeah, because of it all. With the one where he, he's lighting his cigar, it, it looks like a flannel shirt tied around his waist. Yeah. But then when he's sitting down later, it looks like he's wearing a kilt. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing nothing but a kilt, which makes the hugging Jubilee a little awkward. (laughs) Anyway, so they talk about it and they talk about, uh, is this where they get to? Oh, no, not yet. So anyway, so they're just talking about what's going on. And Wolverine basically tells them they need to get over it. Yeah, pretty much. Classic Wolverine style. He says, if anyone knows anything about screwed up brains, it's me. If I can do this, you can do it. Basically. Bubs. And where he he, uh, says his four brains, two bodies line that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, Then we cut to back into the X-Mansion where we have Jubilee uh, sitting on her bed, sad, thinking about Eliana feeling very vulnerable because she's the youngest mutant in the mansion. Uh, thinking if if uh, mutants as young as Eliana can die, maybe she can too. She also has what Kitty Pride calls a Banff doll, which is just basically Nightcrawler with a weird face. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is really funny. Um, Kitty now Kate Pride, of course, but at the time still Kitty Pride. Uh, Kitty rolls in fresh from her jazzercise class. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to comfort Jubilee and tries to make her feel better uh, about everything, but doesn't particularly do a great job of that. Then we jump back out to Rogue and Gambit getting into a carriage. They're going to have a good time on a carriage. They're getting super lovey-dovey. Ro- uh, Gambit begins to kiss Rogue, but then she, at the last second, says no, rejects him. Because <clears throat> of course she doesn't want to hurt him in the classic uh, back and forth they have going on, right? But of course at this point we have uh, Gambit essentially say that's fine. Basically, maybe we'll both really learn 
maybe we'll both learn what love really is without all the physical stuff. I wish Man, I how in youth group is that? <clears throat> I know, right? <laughs> he went to a true love weight seminar. And right. Suddenly they're uh, making a celibacy pledge. And a lot of you are listening. <laughs> like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> right. What are they talking about? You had to, you had to live through that, guys. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're, uh, we're all okay now. We're, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they ride away, basically. Uh, love all that matters. And now we cut back to, there's a lot of back and forth in this issue. We cut back to the X-Mansion where we have um, Moira and um, Banshee talking about. Now they're talking about the virus. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit more DTR, a little bit more Ilyana and the virus. It's really just a lot of scenes of people dealing with this, which is interesting. Um, People dealing with it and then some people not dealing with it, of course. Um, And then we have a, a... Reunion with um, with uh, Scott, Jean, Beast, Professor X. They all meet in the hall with Moira and uh, and Sean Cassidy. I thought Banshee had a knife in his hand in that first oh. panel. He's holding a door handle, but the way he's hand- holding it, he's like, ripping that door handle so so tightly that I thought at first he had a knife, and I was like, "What's happening?" That's funny. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so they talk a little bit about again more about the. The stuff here, and so at this point, it's where Scott brings the stuff that Mrs. Sinister had uh, had brought forward. That it, you know, what we talked about in the last issue, that it was created by Strife or at least unleashed by Strife. Um, and Scott tells Professor X that he believes um, that it is the same baby that he sent to the future, mm-hmm. uh, Nathan. Um, although, as we said, we'll learn later that that's Cable, although. Right. Apparently, Strife, I think, still insists that he's the real one and that Cable's the clone, but right. that's a, a story for another issue, I guess. Um, <clears throat> all right, so they discuss basically what that means and what is it going to mean if it turns out that uh, it is Strife, if it turns out that what Sinister says is true, and what are they going to do to deal with this um, uh, this plague, basically, or, or to prevent it from becoming a, a plague. Uh, we go back to outside the X mansion where Jubilee's sitting on a sitting on a doctor. <laughs> um, holding her Banff doll, uh, talking about all this. And basically, her last interaction with Ilyana was fairly negative, and so she's feeling pretty guilty about that as well. Um, or I should say, she was teasing her, but because Ilyana's limited English, didn't know that she was teasing her, and so anyway. Uh, Wolverine also then begins to try to uh, to uh, make a ju- to comfort Jubilee, but more successfully than uh, than uh, Kitty Pride did. Yeah, but they have a much closer relationship. Yeah, they do. They have a relationship, but this is where we get Wolverine, where it looks like he's just wearing a kilt. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that's weird about this panel is if you look on his shoulder, it looks like he's got a ripped up shirt. Yeah, like a shirt with like real ripped off sleeves. And so yeah. I'm wondering if this is a colorist mistake or if he's supposed because it the coloring he just looks basically naked except for the kilt. Right. But I don't know I think, why his shoulder would look like that unless it was a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And I think the pants should be a different color as well. They were yeah. I think they were almost like a dark brown cargo pant in the earlier scene. And yeah, yeah, they were. So this looks like he took them off. Right. Which maybe he's going swimming, 
or something. I don't know. So this is his bathing suit. I don't know. It makes that it, it's unfortunate or, because it's a it's like a beautiful scene between Wolverine and Jubilee, but it feels right. weird because Wolverine looks almost naked. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, nineties. Um, right. All right. So back to we go back to Revanche and Psylocke talking about what they got going on. Here they begin to talk about the uh, they're, they're having a DTR as well uh, uh-huh. about what's going on, um, and they're talking about this. I get I guess at this point the rest of the X Men aren't sure who's the real Betsy, right? Because that's I don't I couldn't remember when all of that is officially figured out by everybody. Right. Um, but apparently at this point the X Men still aren't quite sure, and so we have this question of of uh, of who's who and who's the real one and all that. So uh, more more of that discussion. Then we end up for our final scene with Scott and Jean getting ready for bed, talking about, um, again, together forever. We'll take it all on together. Um, we're, we're in this together. And then we end with a, um, a big <laughs> Magneto head over the, uh, the expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Not so subtle. I, he really is alive, and he's coming for everybody, which he's doing it now. will happen uh, next issue for these guys. The 25th issue spectacular, it says. Yeah. Yeah. That cover as well. That's a great cover. Yeah. Yeah, so a whole lot of drama in this issue. And it's, it's good drama for the most part. But yeah. A lot of character development, which is good. Yes. Well, it's kind of the lull between the next big crossover, right? So everyone's kind of getting their emotional ducks in a row, and then we'll get to the big old action next time. Right. So, right. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing all the different relationships. Um, it's yeah. funny kind of filtering all that through current day, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, the X-Men are not quite so monogamous. Um, but, but I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the Gambit and Rogue stuff, I really feel like they're starting to get to a place where they're more quote unquote official. And that is, I mean, that is definitely a couple I endorse. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much covered most of it. I don't really have any specific notes, but I did, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought the, I thought the art of Hubert inking himself worked really well in some places, but in other places it was, it was really sketchy. Yeah, he definitely had a lighter, lighter <laughs> touch on his ink than Pennington usually does. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of creepy face zoom ins on this one. Yeah, where you have these in scenes where, you know, for example, Professor, this one, the one corner with Beast and Professor X are close to their faces, talking about how they're going to stop it trying to stop it from becoming a plague, but both of their faces look straight evil. Right. Yeah. There's no page numbers on the digital version. Oh, yeah. When he does the uh, the Xavier eyebrows, you can't really help but look kind of evil. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, but I mean, overall, it's, it's you know, it's good. I Like, like I said, the last one, it's good. The, the faces, he's got some... No, not the strongest... Yeah, uh, the strongest pages were the first uh, Psylocke revanche pages. Looked really good, I thought. And then 
Those are the other couple that I really liked. Then the last page, or last couple of pages, the while the colors seem a little off, I thought the pencils are really strong on the Wolverine Jubilee scene. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, yeah, but then the last Psylocke revamp scene, their faces both look weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's a very hit or miss, or yeah, up and down. I don't know. Again, far from terrible, but but yeah. just uh, a little bit more more uneven. And you know, I mean, this is a long time ago, so Andy Kubert. I'm sure people get better as time goes. You know, so right. Yeah. Well, is I don't know when he got started, but um, he's been going for a little while. Trying to remember how long he'd been around by this he's point. Been on X books uh, after Jim Lee left, so mostly uh, probably not quite twenty issues yet. I'm doing most of it. Hmm. Yeah. All right, hey, I'm going to take a quick go check on Emmett break. All right, I'll be right back. Hey, everything okay? Yeah, I think he's had a bad dream. Well. I've been there. Yeah. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're about ready to uh, grade the book um, for X Men Twenty Four. Oh, I actually I did I did have a thought I was gonna mention before before I got interrupted. Um, I think it's interesting because I'm trying to remember how long this lasts because you know we we joked about the the true love weights thing, but um. You know, Gamut here is very kind of sweetly saying, hey, let's, you know, if we can't do the physical stuff, I still want to be with you. Let's, you know, try that out. And I don't think it's too far where he just is kind of like, well, you know what? You might hurt me, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> like, like, I really want, I really want some smoochies. So, um, you know, if, if, it, if it hurts me, I'll just, I'll deal with it. Which, well, he says that in this one, too. Yeah, he, he does try to, yeah. And then, and then they end up on the whole. Well, you know, we'll we'll be lovers of the mind first, or whatever. Which right. I think it's sweet. I think um, I think it's better than him deciding for himself that it's worth the risk, because it doesn't really take into account what that would do to Rogue. Like to go through that experience again. I think you know at yeah. some point when they decide together that is worth the risk. I think that's, you know, much, much better, much healthier. It makes Gambit not look quite as bad. <laughs> but, um, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's all I kind of, I wanted to, wanted to hit that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. I was trying to remember when it, it's, I, mean, I think it's a long time away, but when we get to where, where Rogue is able to control her powers a little bit and they are actually able to be physical, but I, I think right. that's a long time. Yeah, I think it's pretty. They got him milk this for a long time first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they've done. You know, it's like the 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 uh, extension of the Rogue Gambit story. You know, it starts out with your classic "Will they? Won't they?" You know, where they're teasing each other, a little bit of flirtatious, but a little bit of irritation. Right. But then, in in a usual relationship, right at this point is where that would then progress to the okay, they are. But right. with this one. We have kind of a well, they are, but they're not. So right. We're do that for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think it makes for good, good soap opera. So. Yeah. 
it's a you know they're they're a good um, they're they're a good couple. There's there's a lot of different ones, right? But they're a good one that I think that think works and they stick with. Right. Yeah, and even are enjoying kind of a, a modern day renaissance of the relationship in the yeah. books. So, all right, cool. Well, um, we talked about the art being different and a little bit maybe looser or less defined with Cuba doing his own inks, but I thought the writing was a little bit better. So I'm actually going to grade 24. Um, if I had 23 as a high 4, I'm going to put 24 as a low 5 for me. Yeah, I'm going to say the same <clears throat> because I think the, the, like you said, the art's a little bit weaker, but the story's a little bit stronger. I think yeah. the, I like, you had a lot more going on in this one. And because in 23, I mean, you had the Dark Rider stuff, which I thought was. I, I don't remember if it. Well, I don't remember <laughs> if it if it comes back, but it felt very irrelevant in the moment, right? Just because they're talking about such big stuff in the other parts of these scenes, and that was just kind of like weird. I mean, it was kind of funny, you know, like you know we talked about, but it, I don't know, it didn't feel like it had much heft. Whereas I felt like every single scene in this one. There was something significant happening about the characters, about yeah. how they're dealing with these you know, major storylines that are going. So, yeah, for me, I think this was, uh, you know, overall a, a better comic. Awesome. Very good. Well, um, I'm trying to think, it's going to probably be a little bit before we get to Fatal Attractions, um, which will be the next time we'll, we'll dip over to the X Men title. Um, didn't want to point out, you know, we mentioned Ileana's death. Um, it is, uh, 303. Oh, I'm going to lose my X cred here. Um, I think it's 30. Is it 303 or 304? Let's see. Three, yeah, 303. I was right. Okay. Um, and that's the issue on Candy X-Men 303 where she, uh, we actually get the death of Ileana. Um, that's still a very strong read. I read that just the other night, uh, prepping for this. I included that in my homework, and um, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty emotional, gut punching <laughs> to this day. Yeah. Um, it holds up pretty well. So, um, you know, if you have means to read that, and you listen to us talk about you know her death and the impact of the legacy virus, if you want kind of the more personal touch of that story, I definitely recommend it. Cameron, thanks so much for coming back on. Um, had a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Hopefully I'll yeah. be a little bit more available. Yeah, we'll find, we'll find some more spots to, to slide you back in. Um, well, anything you want to talk about or advert or anything? No, not really, I guess. Okay. I mean, Where can people find you online? <clears throat> Um, I'm still at Cameron Sinclair at Cameron Sinclair on Twitter. Um, I have an Instagram that I don't use because it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. So. And Facebook, I don't really. My my wife uses it and tags me a bunch, but I almost never post on Facebook. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Twitter is a, a good way to find me if, if anybody's interested in my very sparse tweeting. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, and of course, for the Wolverine podcast, it goes Snick. You can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Um, 
Yeah, I don't really have anything else. And guys, just uh, stay safe, stay well out there. Um, you know, continue to take care of your families and yourselves, and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. Get a vaccine if you can. Yes. Yes. Yep. And I, t- I told you I got my second one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. I'm excited. Yep. It's fun. We have Are you on week? You on week? When did you get it? This week? Uh, last week? No, like two weeks ago. So I'm almost okay, in the three week window that they say you're totally. Um, oh, I thought it was two weeks. Oh, I thought I read. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it probably depends on what source you read, honestly. Yeah, um, probably. But, yeah, I know. Um, I waited a couple, I think probably two months before I really started. Not that I'm even doing much different even <laughs> right. now, but but a few, you know, being a little bit more loose than I, right. than I was for, for the last year or so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. CD says we're fine now, so we'll go <laughs> back to back to normal life. So. Right. We'll see. But be hanging out at the pubs in no time. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> hey, I did see where I, most of our listeners will not care at all about this, but I did see where Trinity Hall is having a big hiring, trying to get ready to reopen. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Everybody's so, hiring. I, I drove through a Dairy Queen the other day, and the guy asked me if I needed a, needed a part-time job in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I guess because I was, I was, you know, getting a blizzard for for my son at right. th- three in the afternoon. So, but right. I just thought I've never been, you know, propositioned for a job. <laughs> I was like, man, man, they really are desperate cool. for some uh, employees. Yeah. Everybody's trying to, every place has now hi- new uh, hiring signs. Yeah. So I think everyone's uh, getting ready to get out there. Hopefully so. I mean, in, in a good way, right? No, let's not. Yeah, yeah. Let's be smart about it, but yeah. 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 Don't go nuts, but yeah. <laughs> you know, get your vaccine, be safe, don't be crazy. Yeah. Gotta get back and, to And that's back. your uh that's your healing factor uh section of the program. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well until next time everybody, hugs and snakes. Bye bye. Bye.